All right. Hey, everybody. And uh, happy Sunday evening. First Sunday evening with daylight savings time, at least for many of us, not for those in Arizona and not yet for those in Europe, but <laughs> many of us. It's good to see y'all. Uh, so tonight, I'm just intending to answer questions again. I still have a page of questions that were sent to me. And then we can see also if you all have any questions. So tonight, I think, is just a night of answering questions. And then next week, we'll move on to a new topic. Um, so let me just glance at the questions. Um, this is the first question that I have on my list. You stated, if I give attention to fear thoughts, I'm going to get more fear thoughts. Same with unworthiness thoughts, love thoughts, etc. This suggests a time lag between attention to thoughts and manifestation of thoughts. Is there a time lag or is this not part of a time-space illusion? Boom, here it is always. <laughs> no past or future happening. You said consciousness chooses and life happens automatically as an effect. I don't know if I said exactly that. I'm wondering, but we'll, we'll come back to that. Is there actually time for cause and effect or simply the appearance of such? Um, I don't think I actually know the answer to that question. Uh, what I can tell you is, first of all, when we believe a thought, whether it's a fear thought or an unworthiness thought, or whether we're just... You know, uh, I'll remind me if I forget somebody remind me to come back and talk about true thoughts. Um, but, or if it's a true thought, right. If we believe, if we believe a, a certain type of thought, we feel that effect immediately. So in that way, there's no time lag. Um, the, there's an advantage to this because whenever you are upset all you have to do is look right now, what am I believing? Because it's here right now, right? <laughs> uh, you don't have to go back into your history or anything else. It's here right now. Uh, you may have believed it since you were five years old. So if you go back into your history, you might find it there too. <laughs> um, but it's here right now. Um, the symbol that I was taught, and I want to highlight this as symbol, because I don't think Truth can never be spoken or taught. All right. So the symbol that I was taught, the symbol was that you believe it, you feel it immediately as an effect, you experience it immediately as an effect, and you send it out into the world so that it paints some type of picture out in the world. You know, you could say, for example, that. Um, Attack thoughts maybe cluster together and create the scene of the war, for example, right? Uh, you know, so these things get pictured out in the world and then cycle back to you. Um, and in fact, one thing that I was taught, uh, especially through uh, NTI Ephesians, is that when I'm faced with something challenging, 
uh, to realize that this manifestation, this scene in my life has appeared because in the past, I have believed these types of thoughts. And now it's standing right here in front of me as a manifestation. Maybe it's somebody that's upset with me telling me what a loser I am and, you know, whatever, right? But it's here because I believe these types of thoughts in the past. And even though it's right here, right now, even though this person's right here, right now, telling me what a loser I am, I can see it as nothing but a reflection of the past. And therefore, I don't have to believe it again right now. It's like an echo, right? It's like an echo of my past believing. So even though it appears to be happening right this second, um, I don't have to believe it. And, and this sets you free. So this is what I was taught from within, right? This is how I was taught to see it. This was how I was, how I was taught to use it. And I have experienced the benefit of that because that then enabled me not to believe a present appearance. Because I could look at, you know, while somebody's sitting there telling me what a loser I am, I could literally ask myself, now, have I ever believed an unworthiness thought? Well, sure I have. Well, that explains why this is here. You know what I mean? I could be very detached from it, right? And yet in a very honest and genuine way. So that's what I was taught. That's the symbol that I was taught. That's what I've used. Now, as I read the question, another possibility occurred to me. Um, and that possibility is almost too complicated to say. Um, I've taught you guys about the Big Bang experience that I had where it's boom, 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 now, 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 now right? Well, we tend to perceive things from the point of view of an individual, but there is no individual. It's all one consciousness experiencing this. So um, is it true that I believe something, send it out into the world, and then it comes back? Or is, is because consciousness as a whole believes in every one of these nano booms, believes it, it's always there. You know what I mean? So it, it never gets a chance to go away because consciousness is always believing it. And in the experience of an individual, it may seem to come and go. Like I'm not always believing my unworthiness and then I am, right? But in, in the perception of consciousness as a whole, if you could capture that as a whole, it's always here. It never goes anywhere because we've never as a whole let it go. Does that make sense? Which in that case would mean there is no time lag, right? It's always here. It's always here. You know, maybe Regina isn't experiencing it in this moment, but Sina is, right? You know, I mean, it's always here. So I don't, I don't think I know the answer to the question. I think I would have to be far more brilliant than I am, maybe far more brilliant than any human. Um, but what I can say is the symbol that I was taught, and I can say that the symbol I found to be genuinely useful because it is a problem if 
every time somebody shows up telling you what a loser you are again, or even if you just interpret what they're saying is that they might not even be saying that, right? But you're interpreting it that way. Um, if you keep believing it every time, you are never going to get away from that. At some point in my experience, there has to be a decision that gets made that I am going to see this differently. I'm not going to just keep believing this. Right. And so that symbol that I was given of you believe it, you do experience it, but you also send it out and it comes back. Therefore, whatever is showing up right now is just an echo from the past. And you get the opportunity to say, okay, it's here again, but am I going to believe it again? That was really helpful. Um, anybody have any questions about that? Okay. Let me look at this question again and see if there was anything else in this question. Um, okay. Uh, it was a comment here. You said consciousness chooses and life happens probably more than the word life. I would just like to say consciousness, consciousness chooses and experience happens as an effect. Uh, you know, I can see how somebody might say life happens, but I actually, in my perception, my way of seeing, I do not say that experience and life are the same thing, right? Life is, right? Life is that, that first principle of God beyond even what we experience as life. Life just is. Um, but experience happens. Consciousness chooses and experience happens, right? So I, I guess that's all I want to say about that sentence. Just a little clarification and no telling what came out of my mouth. You know, when I'm listening to my audios, sometimes I can tell these old audios I'm listening to. I can tell that the word that was in my mind is not the word that came out of my mouth, right? That happens. <laughs> so, um, so I think that answers that question. Um, so if there's nothing else on that, I will move on to the next question. Regina, you were going to talk about true thoughts. Oh, thank you very much. This is why I need other people in my life. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've been noticing again, because I'm listening to these older audios. And of course I used to be a, a course in miracles student. I'm not really anymore but I used to be. And, you know, A Course in Miracles talks about your true thoughts. And um, I hear myself using those words sometimes in these older teachings. Um, and of course, when I first started reading those words and using those words, I didn't know what true thoughts were. But there did become a point where I did understand what they were. And so far, I haven't heard myself explain that on the on these older audios i don't know if that will be coming someday or not but i thought that maybe i would talk about what our true thoughts are first of all there's a big difference between our true thoughts and untrue thoughts or false thoughts um, false thoughts do appear as thought meaning, you know, words, sentences, stories, right? Uh, as Michael Langford likes to say, in your, in whatever your language is, they appear in your language. 
Uh, they can also appear as images, you know, like it's almost like watching a movie in your mind and they can appear um, as emotions. You know, you can have a, a, a fear, the experience of fear. I would actually call that a thought. Um, true thoughts aren't like that. True thoughts do not show up as sentences. So like, um, although some of these thoughts could point towards truth. You know, if I say to myself, oh, I don't think love would do that. Love would probably choose whatever right now. That's not really a true thought. Um, true thoughts are ways of being. They're not at all like thoughts. So a true thought is not a thought at all. Uh, true thoughts are ways of being. So for example, and of course I'm going to have to use words now, but if you could just feel beyond the words to the way of being, for example, staying in the state of, I don't know. I don't know what's supposed to happen. I don't know what's best, right? That I don't know way of being is a true thought. Uh, Trusting whatever, all that is, trusting everything without having any need to understand it. That is a true thought. Being at peace, being content, these are true thoughts. Being in acceptance of whatever is, you know, without judgment, just being in acceptance, that is a true thought. Um, loving everyone and everything equally, not seeing any difference, loving everyone and everything equally, that is a true thought. So you can see how these are really ways of being, right, rather than thoughts. So these are true thoughts. So one of the things you can do is you can shift from a false way of thinking, an unreal way of thinking, to a true thought at any time, at any time, because they're always available to you. Uh, there are also some thoughts that I would call bridge thoughts. When you can't jump all the way to a true thought, sometimes you can jump to a bridge thought. For example, um, patience isn't a true thought. In truth, there's no need for patience. But that might be an excellent bridge thought, right? To move from this annoyance into choosing to be patient. You know, that's an example of a bridge thought. But if you just remember their ways of being. So when you choose a particular way of being in a moment, you're choosing a, a true thought or possibly a bridge thought. Rest, accept, and trust is a bridge thought. When you're choosing to practice rest, accept, and trust, you're choosing a bridge thought, for example. But they are also helpful because they move you to the true thoughts. So at any time, no matter what's going on, you can always choose your way of being. 
which means you can always choose a true thought or at least a bridge thought. And there's just never an exception to that. And if that's your intention is to choose the truest way of being you can find in the moment, that's just the best choice you can make. Always. So does anybody have any questions about that? Okay, Dan. Yeah, I was wondering if um, when, when moving from a How does how does how do you go from from having a a a, a, a thought like a true thought and not having it being ghosting you know um, like uh-huh. uh, you, you see what I mean it's yeah. just yes yeah I think I see what you mean tell me if my answer doesn't hit the mark but I think I understand. Um, obviously one thing that's really important is self-honesty self-honesty, by the way, if you think about it is another way of being, uh, I would call it probably more of a bridge, you know, probably the truth is beyond the need for self-honesty, but it's a bridge way of being. Um, so for example, um, let's just go back to the example that somebody's right here telling me what a loser I am, right? And let's imagine that they're hitting on some things that I'm still uh, self-conscious about, you know? So there's some stuff that they're saying that I still believe, so I'm getting a little ping, 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 you know, agreement with them. I can't choose peace in that moment because I still believe what they're saying. The only way I could choose peace if I, if, if I was completely detached, but I'm never completely detached if I still have some believing energy there. So I can't jump to peace. That would be ghosting, right? That's what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 So this is where I would choose um, a bridge thought instead. The bridge thought that was always given to me in this kind of situation was the teaching that I share called rest, accept, and trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I can't go to peace, but I can go to rest, accept, and trust. Uh, and again, resting the mind, you know, when my mind starts chatter, 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 maybe because they're a jerk, because they're saying all this stuff, or maybe, oh my God, they, 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 they see me, they know what a guilty, awful person I am. It doesn't really matter which one my mind is saying. I, I, I rest those thoughts. I real, I just have to realize these thoughts are not helpful. At least this is the way I did it. I can only talk about the way I did it. These thoughts are not helpful right? All these thoughts are doing now is causing harm. And in fact, harm to me and harm to all of consciousness. They're not at all helpful. So I rest the mind away from the thoughts and the way I was originally taught to rest the mind away from the thoughts, almost always it started with breathe. Because if you pay any attention when you're under stress, you actually, I mean, you obviously are still breathing or you die, but to a point you quit breathing. You kind of hold, hold it in a little bit, right? You like to a point you quit breathing. So the first thing is return to breathing, full conscious breathing. And then 
the next thing that would happen with me, you know, now I just go, now I just let go of things. It's amazing how, how masterful we can get at this with practice. But in the beginning, I couldn't just let something go. So then what I would do in my mind is I would coach myself. You know, I might say things like, okay, I can see that my unworthiness is triggered here. I can see that I still believe my unworthiness. <sighs> Breathe. But in this moment, I am going to choose to trust the Holy Spirit's evaluation of me, which is something I got from the two evaluations in A Course in Miracles. I'm just going to breathe. I'm going to trust. I'm going to rest my mind. I'm going to let this pass. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to trust. I'm going to rest my mind. I'm going to let this pass. I am willing to see differently, you know, just whatever came to my mind. Once you get started, more comes. And that self-coaching kept me from being focused on whatever stories the ego would have been focused on. Right. So I'm shifting my attention to these. These are actually kind of bridge thoughts, right? They're helpful thoughts. And then acceptance, that's the rest. Acceptance is allowing myself to feel exactly as I feel. You know, uh, in order to ghost, you have to suppress, right? You have to pretend like you don't feel the way you feel. So in healing, you allow that feeling to be there. You just absolutely allow it. As, as big as it's going to get, as long as it's going to last, you, you do the opposite of suppress, which is allow, Right. And so just allow it, allow it, allow it, let it feel it, feel it, feel it, rest the mind, but allow the feeling and then trust. I was told trust that this is healing. And the reason I needed that is because, and, and I think probably other egos are the same, but my ego was always telling me this isn't enough. You got to do something else right? You can't just sit here, rest the mind and feel the feeling. What the hell is that going to do? <laughs> you know, that's the way the ego is, right? <laughs> like that's nothing when it's not true. It's, it's healing. That is healing. But I had to trust that it was healing. Why the ego was trying to tell me that, you know, I needed to do something else. So, so that's how I would deal with those kinds of things. Now, eventually what began to happen, um, is that, and I guess the word I'll put to this is clarity, because now if, if an unclear thought, a, a fear thought, a, weir, a worry thought, an unworthiness thought, any type of, type of thought, a judgment thought, if any type of thought arises in my mind now, all I have to do is look at it. Just turn my attention to it with awareness and it just dies. Like it can't exist if I pay attention to it. The only way it can exist is if I don't pay attention to it. So you see, it's become much more masterful with time, right? But there's where I started and there's where I am now and, 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 and then the different stages that happened in between. But never lie to yourself. It, that, it has no benefit whatsoever. Yeah, it's so it's sort of like sticks and stones are going to break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But that's a 
that's actually ghosting. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, at some point, I mean, it's, you know, I can't even tell you how many years it's been since someone has said something where I felt offended. You know, people can say anything to me now and I'm okay with it, but that's just not where it weighs, but that's not ghosting now. Yeah, yeah. The difference yeah. is now I don't have all those beliefs in me. The problem was never, ever, ever what someone else said to me, no matter what it was. The problem was I agreed with them. Yeah. That was the problem. Yeah. Right. Once that's gone, people can say anything to you. And in fact, when people are saying what might be interpreted as really hurtful things to me, um, what I find myself doing now is leaning in, listening more, because I know the one that's hurting is them. Right? That's the only way they can say hurtful things. And so I'm trying to hear what's going on for them that's not being said. But yeah. you can't do that when you're taking it all personally because you believe it too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's you're welcome. Good. Thank you for asking. Were there any other questions at this point along those lines before I go on to the next question? We were talking about true thoughts, ways of being. All right, I don't see anything. So let's see what the next question is then. Let me delete this question because the only way I remember not to answer them again is to delete them off my little sheet. Okay, here we go. Here's the next question. I started meditating in 2017. A couple of months after I started my daily practice, I heard I am constant. I never heard it again, but it stayed with me. I don't feel it's true for me when I say I am awareness because awareness still seems to change. It seems that awareness is mostly off when I'm asleep. I've had two general anesthesia experiences, me too. <laughs> I had no awareness at all during anesthesia. Life, God is unchanging, but I had no awareness of it when I was under anesthesia. Could you please shed some light on this? Um, I'm certain there are other people that could shed more light on this than me, um, but I will do my best. I told you all, I think a couple of weeks ago, um, that I have begun to have these experiences occasionally, rarely at this point, um, where I disappear, everything disappears, and it's not like I'm aware of the disappearance. What I'm aware of is the return, because like there's a gap in time, right? Like, um, and uh, I've also been guided to some reading this year, which I find quite interesting, the people that I've been guided to read, because they are people who, of course, have gone ahead of me. And they speak about these experiences. And I think it's so cool that, you know, I didn't, I didn't go into reading them knowing that they had these experiences, but you know how guidance is. And from what I understand from what I'm reading is that awareness most definitely is constant. 
But the mind that is not ready to accept it, when the mind comes kind of, you could say, back into control, back into the foreground, it cuts off the awareness of the awareness that was there, if that makes any sense. So, so in other words, the mind still is primary enough that it does not allow us to be aware of the constancy of awareness. And so all this means is that we just need to keep practicing. We just need to keep being willing, right? But to have gaps, like the type of gaps that I'm experiencing now is actually fairly normal. It's, it is kind of a stepping beyond mind, um, but then when back in mind, there's no memory, no awareness of that. Um, but from what I'm reading, and please take it that I'm reading this, that now we're talking about beyond my experience. From what I'm reading, that as this progresses further, there will be awareness of the ongoing awareness. And all I can say about that is, you know, I'm obviously um, hoping to continue to move in that direction. And maybe one day I'll be able to share that as a, a statement of my experience. Right now, I can only say that it's what those who have gone further than me say, and I have no reason not to trust them. And praise the Lord that somebody created anesthesia, huh? <laughs> You know, people used to have like their appendices removed and stuff with no anesthesia. Can you imagine? So praise the Lord for that, you know, but that's the, the you could call that the mind's level of consciousness um, that is getting put under um, during anesthesia. So and that's the best I can do on that. Does anybody else have anything they want to say? or ask regarding that topic about awareness being constant, but not appearing to be so. And of course, if you read Michael Langford's book, The Most Direct Means to Eternal Bliss, he talks about uh, focusing on our everyday awareness, hear those words, our everyday awareness as a path to infinite awareness. Do you hear those words? which does mean our everyday awareness isn't the infinite awareness. You understand, right? And I think that's probably one of the mistakes that happens in today's spiritual world. Because of course, we aren't the only ones that talk about awareness as truth. Uh, we all have everyday awareness. Everybody has everyday awareness. Um, I think what happens is some people mistake everyday awareness for infinite awareness and they just go, oh, I'm enlightened. <laughs> you know, um, when the truth is they aren't. Yeah, the truth is they aren't. So, um, so yeah, we focus on our everyday awareness as the path to infinite awareness. And infinite awareness is the awareness that is constant. That's my answer to the question. However, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of how I think Ramana Maharshi talked about it too. 
Ramana Harshi, listen to this. Oh my God. <laughs> Ramana Maharshi likened everyday awareness to the light of the moon, which he then pointed out has no light. That really the light of the moon is being lit up by the sunbeam, right? Which would be like the second level of God. The sun itself would be the first principle of God. I said level and principle. So human consciousness is like the light of the moon. That's happening down there in that fourth principle of God. The sunbeam that lights up the moon is like the second principle of God. And the sun itself is the first principle of God. And in fact, another, another qu question that Michael Langford answers in his book, The Most Direct Means to Eternal Bliss, he answers it with a story. And, you know, the question is really, well, why should I focus on this everyday awareness then? If it's just the light of the moon, if it's not infinite awareness, am I wasting my time focusing on this? And he uses the example of imagine you're in a, a completely dark mansion. It's totally dark. All, all of the windows are boarded up or have shades pulled down or something. And, and it's totally dark. And you're trying to find your way out into the sunlight. Well, in this one room, there's like this little bitty crack in the board or, or crack in the shade, I can't remember which, where this teeny, tiny, teeny bit of light is shining through. Now that clearly isn't daylight. It's just this teeny, tiny little pin light, right? But he said, which makes more sense to follow that pin light and try and follow it to the light or to go off wandering around in these completely dark rooms, right? So that's how he explains focusing on our everyday awareness is the path to the infinite awareness. It may just be the little pin light in the shade, uh, but it's light. And if you think about, if you think about Ramana Maharshi's story, if it's just the light of the moon, but you're trying to find the sun, does it make sense to focus on the light of the moon till you realize the sunbeam and then follow the sunbeam until you reach the sun? So just some analogies to help us to understand. All right, then moving on to the next question. Second Timothy chapter two, verses 22 to 26 say, do not Flee that which life is bringing to you when you know that you see it coming. Now, the person says, I think, and then she says, maybe in denial, that I can face the fear that life brings to me. I have consciously experienced them and believe I have done so. But I could not face what I perceived as fearful situations in movies or shows that I am watching, even when I was a child? Am I not being truthful to myself that I can face fearful experiences? Well, I'm not going to answer that question directly because there's no way I know whether she's being truthful to herself or not. So I'm not going to say, nope, you're lying to yourself. I don't know. Um, 
But I will say this. There was a time when I felt the guidance to watch these movies. Uh, each one each one I was guided to. I knew exactly which movie to watch. And this was back when you had to like go to Blockbuster and get them. <laughs> so I'd go on Blockbuster and get the movies. Um, each one I would call progressively worse, right? Progressively more frightening. Um, and I was guided to watch these movies. And if I felt like I needed to hide my face or something like that, to, to continue watching, but to practice rest, accept, and trust as I watched. I don't remember what all the movies were. I remember one scene in one of the movies where uh, they were actually the Native Americans, the savages in this case. <laughs> I don't want to compare our Native Americans to these guys, uh, although they were Native Americans, but these guys were the savages. They they skinned a man alive. You know, it was awful stuff that they were doing, right? They were the, 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 the more drastic ones. Um, and I remember that was very difficult when this man was being skinned alive. I don't remember what movie. I think he was a missionary. I don't remember what movie that was. Maybe it was The Black Robe. Has anybody ever seen The Black Robe? That sounds like it, huh? Yeah, I remember that movie was one of them. Another movie that was one of them was Passion of the Christ. Uh, I don't remember what the other movies were, but you can hear that these are somewhat difficult to watch. So... I guess my answer to the question is, even if it doesn't appear to be real life, if it appears to be a movie, or if it's something you're watching on the news and not your life, if it's upsetting to you, I think it's still an opportunity for forgiveness for the practice. So I would practice on anything, right? Practice on the movie, practice on the news, practice with real life. Just see, and what a wonderful opportunity to be able to practice letting go of, you know, in this case, uh, you know, had something to do with violence. I can't really say what, but all these movies were very violent. What a wonderful opportunity to be able to practice letting go of what you have to let go of around violence by simply watching movies, right? Um, so, yeah, just know that if you're upset, you have an opportunity to practice and, and don't worry about whether it's quote in life or on a movie or in a book. Yeah. Any questions or comments anybody wants to make around that? Okay, I'm gonna answer a question that wasn't asked. It's when I first read this where I thought it was probably going because I've heard this question many times before. It, it didn't go that way. But again, she said in NTI 2 Timothy chapter two, verses 22 to 26, it says, do not flee that which life is bringing to you when you know that you see it coming. And um, often the question I get around that is more like, really? You know, like I'm just supposed to, <laughs> I'm supposed to let the, the world fall. I'm supposed to let all this horrible stuff happen to me. Um, I can only, again, answer from my experience. And each one is going to make 
his or her own decision. And, and I honor your decision in advance. But what I was taught and what I know many, if not all of you have been taught is that the world and what happens in the world is a reflection of the mind. And so what I was taught when there were different times where it seemed like some disaster was coming my way, I was taught not to manipulate the world to avoid the disaster. Because if I manipulated the world to avoid the disaster, I would continue to believe that the world was real, right? I was taught instead to avoid my own manipulating actions, whatever they might be, and focus solely, solely on my mind and what needed to be seen, what needed to be healed, what needed to be let go, what needed to be disbelieved, and trust that if I did my work here in the mind, that the world would then in some way correct itself. And my experience has been that that's been true every time. So what happens when we see something coming and this, this isn't talking about go out and look for trouble. It says when you see it coming, right? <laughs> it's finding you. Okay. Like we're not, we are not asked to go out and look for trouble, but there are times we see it coming. We know it's coming. Um, this is saying, don't flee from it or don't try and manipulate the world to, to change it. And the reason for that is because all that's going to do is continue to teach you that the world is the truth, right? That's all it's going to do. And you really need to learn as a direct experience that at least mind, which is the third principle of God, is more true than the world. You need to at least learn that level directly first. And so you work with the mind, you heal the mind, and then watch and, and see, see what happens. Let, you know, I mean, the way I would say it is let God take care of the rest. Not that there is an actual God taking care of anything you understand. It's all this process of creation, but let God take care of the rest. So do we have any questions or thoughts about that? Uh, yes, Joe. Thanks, Regina. Um, I'm trying to remember the words you used. You talked about uh, manipulating actions and not... Um, gosh darn it. Anyway, the question that came to mind when you were, when you were saying that um, had to do with illness and taking medications to treat illnesses and things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how to put put any more words on that. But that's I mean, is that considered a manipulating action? Well, you know, that's funny because that's a confusing question. Uh, because it really depends on what's going on with you. I mean, I've experienced both. Like, I think I've told the story before, mm -hmm. not yes, if you've heard it, not no, if you haven't. 
I told the story before about my broken toe. Have you heard that yeah. story? Yeah. Okay. So that's a time I was clearly guided not to do anything. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time now, what I genuinely feel as my guidance is kind of goes along with what Byron Katie says is, you know, it's the, 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 the body is the doctor's business. So just, you know, mm -hmm. without, without being worried about your own health, you know, just in a completely detached way, just whatever the doctor says do. And if that, now I'm not, I'm open to someday having a different guidance. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but I would say that's my general, my general guidance. Um, just recently I had a little procedure. I had a, a growth on my arm. Did I show you guys that growth? No, please do. Well, I can't now because <laughs> it's gone. I showed, I remember showing it to some, some audience, oh. but it's gone. You can kind of see the, maybe the little red spot where it was, you know? Um, but I, you know, I went to the doctor, I go to the doctor every February for a checkup just because that's what they say to do. So I go and, you know, typically she asks me questions. I answer them. She says, you're healthy. I say, bye. See you next year. Uh, but one of the questions she asks is, are there any new growths on your body? And I did have one. I had noticed it because sometimes I sit and play with it, you know, <laughs> like, I'm talking to stuff. I'm sitting there playing. Like, oh yeah. this. And she looked at it and she, she said um, that it looked precancerous to her. So she sent me to the dermatologist who removed it and then said, uh, I needed to come every year and let him look at my body because there's sun damage on my body. But from the time that she used the word precancerous to the time that he removed it, there was nothing going on here, right? There was no worry, no made up stories, no nothing. So that's just moving through, you know, I'm being told go here, go there. You know, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And like, it's nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to answer a question because at the same time, I know people, I would call them health addicts. You know, like everybody has their thing. I, my, my thing was finances. I was always worried about finances, health addicts. You know, I had this growth on my arm a couple months and never thought anything about it. Never would have if the doctor hadn't said, did you notice any new growths? <laughs> you know, oh yeah, this one that I play with all the time. Um, but I know people, as soon as a freckle is showing up on their body, boy, they're on the internet, searching, reading everything, worrying constantly. You know, in that particular case, the guidance might be to do nothing except let go of all this fear, let go of all this worry. You know, I mean, the truth is, the absolute truth is, remember again, you know this, Nizargadatta said, Either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle, right? Because it's all here through the creative process. Whether a doctor, doctors now have the ability to recognize something that might be precancerous and remove it. The fact that that's here, that wasn't here 300 years ago. That's come about through, man, through the creative principle, just like having it magically disappear has comes about through the creative principle. They're equal. As to which one you are guided to follow probably depends more on you and your spiritual needs. But one is not more real than the other. And so I have experienced both. I have experienced 
uh, what we would call miraculous healings. Uh, there was another time when something was found in my breast and uh, I was sent to get a, a sonogram so they could look at it more carefully. Uh, my doctor felt a, a definite lump and I, I think she might've shown me, I think I might've felt it, but I don't remember that as clearly, but she definitely felt a lump. Uh, so she signed me up for, oh, and then I think I had the mammogram. It showed the lump. Then the sonogram was the next stage, right? That's the way it goes. But there was like a two week gap between, I mean, sorry, a two month gap between the, the mammogram and the sonogram. And uh, it seems like during that time, I saw some thoughts in my mind about it. I think the thoughts were more around what was I going to do with Jasmine if I died because she was still younger then. And I remember uh, choosing to let go of those thoughts. I remember choosing not to think about this at all, but it really, believe it or not, wasn't a big deal for me. It was a, there was a little bit of mind watching that had to happen. Um, I was willing for whatever was going to happen. Uh, by the time I got the sonogram, they couldn't find anything. So whether that lump was something temporary or whether that was a miraculous healing, I don't even know. Right? So there's not a consistent story about how to be with health. The consistency, I would say, is let go of fear, let go of worry, tune in for what feels like you're guided to do. Does that answer your question? Very much. Thank you. Thank you sure. very much. Yeah, I think some spiritual students make the mistake, and I'm not saying you, Joe, because I don't think you make this mistake. I, I probably have at some point, oh, whatever you're going to say. Well, I think some spiritual students make the mistake of avoiding medicine. You know, like they think that the miraculous healing is, is the only thing that's real, right? So it's always good to remember Nizargadatta. Either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. There's nothing special in any of it, right? The question is, where am I being guided to do now? What am I being guided to do now? Can, can I add one thing? Yeah. The, the other side of that, avoiding medication is um, taking it. This is what I have more of it, have it, had a tendency to do is, is taking it, but feeling guilty about having to take it because of, right. you, know, you know, just because I should be healed, whatever, whatever, just feeling just a, some sort of guilt in there about doing it. Well, I remember when I, even before I wore glasses all the time, back when my eyes first started needing just reading glasses, I remember some spiritual student, you know, really giving me heck about it, that I should be able to heal my eyes and not need glasses. And I was kind of like, why? I mean, you know, like, it's almost sounds like, you know, that it is, it's like guilty for wearing glasses. You know, I, I, I've asked people many times, well, are you guilty if you have to pee? Are you guilty if you have to poop? You know, uh, I mean, the body is a part of the world. The body breathes. My God, are you guilty for breathing? It breathes, it eats, it drinks, it pees, it poops. You know, uh, come on. What is this? What is this magical thinking that we have? And where does this come from? And how, where do we draw the line? And what's normal? What's not normal? You know, what if we just see the whole, in fact, this is what Nazargadatta said too. Uh, this won't be an exact quote, but it will be the right context. You know, what you, he says, your problem isn't the dream. 
your problem is making some parts of it more real than other parts of it. Just see the whole thing as a dream and forget about it. So yeah, just the whole thing is just a story unfolding every bit of it. And if we can just have that attitude, then we can move along with the story without being attached or worried or fearful or unhappy or guilty or anything else. We just, it's just, it's just a dream character in a dream world. Does that answer your question, Joe? Yes, thank you. Sure. Michelle has her hand up. Oh, thank you very much for your assistance, Michelle. So I have friends who are Course in Miracles students who believe that all illnesses are manifestations of guilt. Yeah. And believe that any, so anytime I may be exhibiting some type of a health issue, um, they want to point me back to where I'm holding <laughs> on to guilt. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you would, you know, if you could clarify that for me. Sure, I can. Absolutely, I can. Uh, first of all, there is a truth to the fact that the appearance of illness is, you know, I don't know, you could call it guilt, you could call it attack, you know, why don't we just call it ego? All right. Uh, we don't need to, to, to single it out. It's probably a combination of things. Um, it is absolutely true that the appearance of illness is because of the ego mind. And that if there was only truth realization, there would not be the manifestation of illness. The error is, is taking that truth and then applying it, mixing it with the belief in separation. The belief in separation being that if, if a growth shows up on Regina's arm, Regina must believe in guilt. You see, the growth showed up on consciousness's arm and definitely in the mind of consciousness, there's still guilt. See, we're all one. You see, that's the mistake. The mistake is combining that with the belief in separation. You know, it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, if Putin is attacking um, the Ukraine, those people in the Ukraine must've had a lot of attack thoughts lately. No, we all had a lot of attack thoughts. And this is where the pimple is showing up on our face. You see, it's showing up in the Ukraine right now, but we're, we're all consciousness. So this is why you can't, you can't say, for instance, Ramana Maharshi, I, I had someone once tell me Ramana Maharshi could not have been enlightened because he got sarcoma. I once had somebody tell me Peace Pilgrim could not have been enlightened because she was in a car wreck. Well, hell, Jesus couldn't have been enlightened because he was crucified. I mean, you know, you see this, how ridiculous this is? This is, this is false belief. This is combining the belief in separation with the truth and therefore having a, a miscommunication. So the fact is there is still guilt in the mind of consciousness. Does anybody disagree? Right? We all know that. That would be foolish to disagree with that. So within the appearance of consciousness, which includes every single body, it includes even our trees. I mean, I've watched trees get diseases. Do you think they're guilty? Right? 
all this stuff shows up in consciousness because it is consciousness. And this belief is still there in consciousness. It's not necessarily personal, right? Now notice that last statement I said was necessarily personal because at the same time, uh, if the mind is excessively worried, excessively guilt-ridden, uh, it can actually manifest here. That's one of the ways that it can manifest, but that's not even 100% because I've known people who are excessively worried and perfectly healthy. The point is that excess of worry or that excess of guilt is manifesting for them in some way in some way they're having the experience of that worry or that guilt but not necessarily as illness they could have the healthiest body you've ever known but it is manifesting in consciousness so it's the belief in separation that's false the the right way the right way to see if you have poor health the right way for us friends to see this poor health is um, poor health is manifesting in the world because there's still guilt in consciousness. Where am I still believing guilt? Not to say you must be guilty because you have poor health. That's a total mistake. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, shoot, unless this comes back, it would mean two weeks ago I was guilty. And now that it's gone, I must not be guilty anymore. <laughs> right. And all that stuff is just silly. People aren't thinking it through. I just remembered the audience. It's you guys at lunch. I showed this to, I remember Jacqueline and, and uh, Peter and um, Jane and Cheryl. I showed you guys this at lunch. That's, I knew I showed somebody. I could remember doing that. All right. Are we ready for the next question then? Oh, no, we're not. We're out of time. We're done. That's what we are. We're done. So uh, next week, I'm going to bring us to another topic. And then maybe the following week, we'll go to questions. Next week, we're going to look at attack. And is it real or is it even possible? I thought that would be a good topic with a war going on in the world. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye.